Oh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss the intense parlay between the pinnacle and the inner circle. Plus, we talk Darby Allen continuing his rock-solid TNT title run against 10 of the Dark Order, the continued assessment of the Young Bucks as heels, and their little stirrup with SCU, the big news that John Moxley will be defending his IWGP United States strap against none of the WCW veteran Eugene Nagata, Mr. IWGP himself. Plus... Orange Cassidy versus Penta, Team Taz and Christian Cage, and who should manage Jade Cargill? Should anybody? I don't know. But guess what? I do know it's time for two, two, who, two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude, baby. I am Marcus D'Angelo, and I am joined by my slapdick brother, Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com. And yeah, guys, uh, we are following a, a pretty interesting night there at Dynamite, Dom, uh, to say the least. What did you think of the program? I thought it was a good program. Uh, little half-assed uh, effort in the, the intro there, Marcus. I got to say, um, <laughs> I feel... Uh, yeah, uh, I think un- it further proves that you are my Nakazawa to my Kenny Omega. Understated. Understated is what I was going for. And I can't wait to talk about Nakazawa and uh, Kenny Omega. I love I love what they're doing. Uh, but, man, they are just burying Brand Cutler and Nakazawa there. <laughs> yeah, um, that was uh- – uh, yeah, there's some good things to talk about there. I feel. Well, screw it, Dom. Let's just let's just jump right in on that segment. You want to uh, do it that way? Yeah. So I mean, th- well, heck, talk a little bit here. Like people are still getting in, so like, let's uh, let's plug a couple things real quick. Uh, Marcus, we had a big interview earlier this week. A two dynamite dude special. Yes, we did, and you know, it's we had the honor of interviewing somebody who I put over basically constantly every single episode. Anytime she has a wrestling match, I'm singing her praises. Dominic, you managed to get us an interview with none other than the greatest wrestler in the world, Thunder Rosa. That's right. It was awesome, man. Uh, second time I've got to talk to her, but tonight she's having her show, uh, you, which you can tune in at eight thirty on Title Match Network, uh, Mission Pro Wrestling. Uh, all women's uh, promotion that she operates, but has a lot of help with, and uh, the, the heck of a car that has a lot of AEW talent on there. That's uh, from Red Velvet to uh, Tesha Price to oh, there's another one. There's a couple <laughs> other ones too that have been uh, appearing. Oh, Maddie, uh, I can't pronounce her last name right. Maddie Renowski or something like that. She's on the card. A lot of different uh, talent showing up there tonight. And Dave LaGreca is going to get his ass beat by uh, Thunder Rosa, but. Marcus, it was an awesome interview. We talked about not only that, but we talked, we did dabble in some AEW with uh, Britt Baker and uh, her, at, like just her run in AEW so far, which has been really awesome. Got to ask her something, something I've wanted to know about for a while, which is her feud with Serena Deeb and their incredible chemistry. Dan Goose, what's up, bro? Yeah, man, what's up? Thanks for joining. Uh, Dominic, when it, again, uh, for those who might just be joining us, when did, uh, when is this thing going on for Thunder Rosa? Tonight at 8.30 
p.m. Uh, Central it's Central Time. It will be 7:30. But uh, go to Title Match Network, and uh, you can. Uh, I think you can subscribe for free for the. You get a two week trial for free, and then well, you so can, it's for, a, the, for the sake of clarity, Eastern Time. That's got to be what 10. No, no, Eastern Time, Marcus. It is 8:30. I said that, and then Central Time is 7:30. It's an hour difference. I'm very confused by what you're doing, but okay. So wait, we're we're simultaneously promoting her, and then we're going to be running a show against her. Seems ill-timed. No, it's not ill-timed. <laughs> well, guys, uh, whatever she's doing over there is probably better than what we're going to do. Go check her out at 8:30. Um, Thunder Rosa, she's the best man. It was an incredible conversation. Um, absolutely amazing to talk to her. Bucket list situation, Dom. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And a good thing to kind of get going with. I Like, what a guest to have on. I was like, pretty much our first, yeah, it was our first wrestling guest on Two Dynamite Dudes, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could not do better. Hopefully, we've got a few more on the way. Uh, but, Dominic, uh, without further ado, let's let's just jump into the damn program here. We were talking about Kenny Omega. Um, dude, I love this thing where he's, like, sacrificing his friends for <laughs> yeah. his own good. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's really not doing uh, guys like Brand Cutler or Michael Nakazawa any favors. If they're satisfied collecting paychecks, hey, cool, man. You know, you guys have got awesome jobs. But uh, at the same time, it's if they're trying to progress themselves at wrestlers, like they look like shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like Brandon Cutler had way more of a ceiling, I think, than Nakazawa did simply because of the the fact that, like, look at how they brought Nakazawa in with rubbing oil all over himself. And so he was a huge comedy act starting off. And I I mean, there's – but Brandon Cutler, I think there's a little bit more than having him be a lackey that's their constant cameraman and stuff like that. I would have liked to see him. And maybe they can kind of do something more so later on the line where he breaks away from them. But uh, it's not a good start for them. But, uh, no, I, and I think you made a good point. Brand Cutler is better positioned uh, simply in that he's a really, really talented performer, I think. Yeah. Um, they've just got to get the best out of him. And, you know, clearly right now that is not what they're doing with him, um, which is fine, you know, but uh, he, his career as a pro wrestler is not going to go great. Uh, his career in pro wrestling might go well. Yes. So it's. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's plenty of time. I mean, there's time to kind of recook it. I would kind of phase him out of that role, though, cameraman role, not just in, like just get him, get rid of him and have him go away. Leave the territory, quote unquote, for just a little bit and then just bring him back as Brandon Cutler. Maybe a new kind of thing going on with him because, I mean, yeah, we, we like Brandon Cutler. We're Brandon Cutler fans, so we'd like to see him do pretty well there. Um, yeah, Marcus, really good stuff, though, with Omega, like just completely not giving a shit about his friends and uh yeah just like abandoning his friends uh for his own sake and yeah it's i i mean i'm loving what they're doing with kenny omega i love that he like he comes off like this rich arrogant like cokehead almost mm -hmm. where it's just like he's always at, like his energy is like way way up and he's frantic and he's manic all the time um yeah it's i i really love this version of kenny omega um and much like john tesla there i love <laughs> aew it's going great <laughs> yeah um it was, uh, I, yeah, he's like, he's like Sean Penn in Carlito's way, like the lawyer. The lawyer. Yes, that's a great way to describe him. He is like that, where he's just like, like this high energy guy who just also happens to be pretty efficient at what he does. But he's like this high energy, like crazy manic maniac who like it gives you the impression that he would be doing coke off like a urinal in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> um, Dominic, uh, d- what a transition to have to make. But uh, let's let's go to another match that I thought was just like right where it was at, man. Um, how about the opener, Dom? Brian Cage, um, he was taking on – who was who is he wrestling? Hangman Page. Hangman Page, Page for crying out loud. How, how can I miss, miss that? Um, Brian Cage gets a clean victory, uh, more or less clean victory over Hangman Page. Uh, with well, hellacious Steiner screwdriver. This felt yep. like a bit of a coming out for Brian Cage, did it not? Yeah, it did. In a lot of ways, it did. I um, like starting it off like that was like you know, uh, Hangman coming out and then just getting attacked. But did now, did Hangman do anything where he's like, no, I'm good to go, let's fight, let's fight? Did they do anything like that, or was it more so they just kind of rung the bell? Because that was the only exception I kind of took with it. But other than that, I liked the match, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember having seen anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, John is saying it. He was surprised to see Adam Page job. So was I. I was convinced when the match started. I was like, oh, okay, Brian Cage is going to put over Hangman Page on the on the way to doing whatever the hell he's going to be doing. Yeah. Um. But no, uh, I I think that they're trying to make it look like uh, Brian Cage. They're trying to position him finally as like a, a top guy in AEW. And the way you do that is you have him beat a top guy, right? Oh yeah. You got to have beat like that's, and you know, he's the number one contender. So like, or number one ranked person in the ranking. So like it sets cage up for like something to come forward. And Taz even mentioned that later on in the show too. Yeah. And you know, team Taz, like, let's face it. They need some damn victories, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the compelling, compelling angle, cool angle, having like Taz basically form his own guys. Um, and, but then they, they can't get wins. None of them are winning ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. so you're just, so you're just like, man, all these guys are really talented, but they just, they, you've got to put them over sometimes the wins and losses do not matter. We all know that it's a work, but like it, 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 when you're trying to position people and they're losing all the uh, time, it, it doesn't do anything for them. Yeah. But the wins and losses do matter though, Mark. They, really they do. But, but the point I'm trying to make is like a lot of people don't, they aren't hurt by, by taking losses. Um, when it comes to a group that you're trying to establish, like these guys who are all uber talented, uh, you've got to give them some damn wins. Yeah, you got to, you definitely need to get them. Some, I mean, that's Marcus, it is what it boils down to is wins and losses. That's why we watch it. Like, I, it's like you want the stakes there. If you don't have wins and losses, then you don't have stakes basically in wrestling. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it feels like stating the obvious, right? It, but, <laughs> but, you know, every once in a while, it's, it's, it's got to be said, right? These guys need to win. If they're going to come out on top, they, right. they need to win. If they're going to be positioned as upper echelon talent in AEW. And this felt like a step in that direction. Also it could be a step in uh, turning Brian Cage into a baby face, which it feels like they've been teasing for a while. Yeah. I kind of um, like but, how they've like, like pulled away from making him a baby face. Like, so it's not like, okay, they're really hammering the fact home that he's going to be a baby face. It's kind of like, okay, it, we planted the seed there. So just remember that. And it's going to come back around at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, Dominic, did you have any comments on the match itself or just you feel you feel good about how it I liked out? how they got. I just they worked together really well. I think those two and Cage is just such a talent, like from a ring perspective where it's just like, you know, he's so unique from a physical look and then just how he the moves he can pull off in the ring and stuff like that are, are just very impressive, too. So it's it's good. I like Cage a lot, and I would. I'm looking very much looking forward to seeing him in a babyface role. And Marcus, what they could very much do uh, is connect Cage 
with Lance Archer and make them a monster babyface tag team. I'll tell you what, that, that could be some very interesting shit, Dominic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's let's move on. The next thing that I found to be very interesting, how about those Seidel brothers taking on the Young Bucks? Uh, man, those Seidel, they're both silky smooth, those two. Um, it was fun to watch. And honestly, like, you know how I feel about uh, the Young Bucks by and large. Um, yeah. Like, uh, not a huge fan of their work. But I do remember watching them take on uh, the Motor City Machine Guns when they were in TNA. And just like seeing how well those two teams work together, how very fluid it was. Like you weren't seeing all these set up bullshitty spots constantly. Yeah. Um. It, it looked like it was organically. Ha- like I remember watching a match and being like, how are they coordinated enough? How are any of them coordinated enough with one another to figure this thing out? Um. But they, they did it and it looked awesome. And that is what this match reminded me of. It kind of like took me back to that moment. The Motor City Machine Guns versus Generation Me in TNA. Jeremy um, and Matt. No, Jeremy Buck. and Max. What were Buck. they? Jeremy and Max Buck. They were Buck. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. It was, it was stupid, but uh, but great matches, and that's what this reminded me of. Um, dude, Matt Seidel. Uh, honestly, he's he's like climbing the ranks. Is one of my favorites in uh, in AEW right now. Yeah, it would be interesting to see him get more like mic time in a way, or just like have a vignette that we always talk about or whatever you know well you know you've, you've got to position him again you have to position him uh in in a successful spot to make people believe him to be successful and by that i mean let's get a cruiserweight title tournament going let's crown him the first ever aw cruiserweight champion hey you know yeah you keep pitching it maybe it might happen <laughs> i'm just gonna say it once a week until tony Khan. i know tony Khan listens to this he's followed <laughs> our advice a few times so clearly he's listening uh so i'm just gonna keep saying it till he does it Hey, fair enough. No, I thought it was a decent match. I very well, like, yeah, they, to your point, they, they work very well together. Um, some aspects I wasn't a fan of though, was the switcheroo with the Bucks, you know, where Rick Knox, how do you not fire Rick Knox from a kayfabe standpoint? If he's not noticing Nick and Matt switching one another, you know, in the middle of the match. Did you take exception to that, or how do you feel about that? It's not like they look exactly alike. So, yeah, I mean, that was stupid. Um, I feel like the Bucks are just, like, they're, like, going back and, like, watching old matches, and they're like, well, let's try that. Uh, It worked for those guys. It worked for the two doinks. You know, they switched out. It's one thing, though, if they look exactly identical. (laughs) One thing if they look identical. It's another thing if they don't. And even the switcheroos, (laughs) I'm not the hugest fan of anyways, you know, so – uh, that whole shtick kind of thing, whether it's, you know, in WWE or wherever else at. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was dumb. It was nonsensical. Um, I'd be willing to bet that the Bucks uh, wanted that spot in the match, asked for it to be in the match. And um, here's the thing is like Rick Knox ref the main event of the evening. All right. How are, we tr- how are we trusting this guy's judgment after How that? are you trusting him after he makes a mistake like that? Dominic, if you were in a if you were in the match and then all of a sudden you got out and I stepped in, like yes, we're brothers. Yes, we look kind of alike. Less, you're don't. less physical, intimidating though. So <laughs> it, it does, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, you're a lot smaller than I am in general. Uh, a lot less manly. More handsomer. Uh, a lot more handsomer, Dominic. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. I believe you mean to say more handsome. Are you a journalist? Oh yeah, that's that's all my work days. <laughs> Well, you're working right now. Right now, um, I'm working you, brother. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm gonna let you off the hook, and we can move on. Um, no, no. What were you gonna say? 
Hey, another t- another duo on this program, Dominic, that complement each other incredibly well. How about uh, uh, Penta and his his translator? What's that guy's name? Abraham Asante or is Asant Asant? I don't know how to say his last name. Abraham, that was his first name. I don't know. Whatever that guy's name is, uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, He's a good talker, and I think he, like, really brings a little extra something to the presentation of Penta. Um, If they keep those two together, I see top heel potential in Penta. Like, let that guy come out and do all the talking for him. Like, what I think would be really funny is if Penta said, like, maybe four words in Spanish, and then that guy goes on, like, a two-minute rant uh, acting like that's what he said. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. It could be a lot of fun. I, I truly do see top heel potential. You can tell that guy's having fun with it, too. Like he Absolutely. Was, he no, no doubt about it. How could he not have fun uh, in that position? But yeah, I mean, Penta, he wasn't doing it this week, but we saw it once and it was amazing. Penta with his face paint and his mask and he was wearing a suit. I was like, how hateable is that guy? It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's so fantastic. It's classic stuff. Really, really hope that they uh, they continue that shit, Dominic. Uh, and yes, yeah, so then Penta, I believe he came out and had a match, didn't he? I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, he fought Orange Cassidy. That's right. You could really feel Jr. hating Orange Cassidy during that match, couldn't you? <laughs> Give me an example. What happened exactly? Because I'm. Trying. Uh, he just he lays out. He he won't say a word. Um, like one of they'll do one of their stupid setup spots, which I also do not like or appreciate. I know that a lot of wrestling fans do. Um, they'll do one of their stupid setup spots, and then uh, like Tony Schiavone reacts, of course, because he's, he's just like a team player. Um, Excalibur reacts huge because he's a mark, and uh, <laughs> and JR, I'm just playing, and then uh, JR just doesn't say anything, and like it, he it, it like speaks volumes the way that he is annoyed whenever it comes to these sort of matches and like these new baby faces in wrestling, yeah, and like. I really like Orange Cassidy. He's one of my favorites in AEW. And I really, I honestly, honestly feel his gimmick works and it gets over. Like, and you're able to, you're able to, you can make him a star. But like, I wouldn't want him leaning into it too, too much. And I think they kind of went that route in this match, especially at the beginning and certain things like that. Um, You know, I think there's, there's, you can always have a balance with that. And there's a reason that fans really like Orange Cassidy because he does that kind of stuff. And it is funny and it's good. And uh, he's super talented in the ring. And, uh, you know, criticize him for, you know, uh, like what he's doing in regard to like a character that's like, you know, tongue in cheek or breaking the fourth wall, so to speak. But he stays in character all the time. And like that's classic wrestling in that regard. So, I mean, I really like what they do with him. I just think maybe this match in particular and how they handled it, and they do this sometimes with Orange Cassidy, and sometimes they don't, but this time they did where they leaned into it a little too much. And uh, it was a great match, and I almost re- – I wouldn't have mind – we talked about, you know, how wins and losses matter. I really wouldn't have mind if Orange Cassidy took a loss here to Penta. I think both guys would have been fine after the fact and like Penta would have been like, I think in better shape. I know like, you know, orange used the microphone to take him out and Trent handed him that microphone to take. And it's the finish was kind of not my favorite either, but yeah. Isn't orange Cassidy a baby face. Why is he hitting somebody with a microphone? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that, that there's that aspect to it as well. So, um, 
yeah, I did like the match, and I like both guys, and I think both guys can be top stars for AEW. You know, um, and and it's uh, Marcus. I'm really interested to see how what the fans are going to react to to when uh, AEW goes to live fans not in Daly's place. You know, when they when they go back on the road, basically. So I, I think it'll be interesting too, Dom. You know, and like just just hearing you discuss that, like how how could Jr. not be annoyed by this? How could Tony Schiavone not be annoyed? I'm sure he is, even though he's like he's being a team player. But like you're trying to call a, a babyface match uh, where the babyface goes over and the babyface cheats, and you're just supposed to as as a as a, an announcer who always cuts down the people or speaks badly of the people who cheat and raises up the people who uh, win by fair means. Um, how do you sell that as an announcer? What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think that the lack of understanding whenever it comes to booking these matches or agenting the matches or whatever's going on, are these guys going into business for themselves? Cause they have some tremendous old school agents backstage. Um, if these guys are going into business for themselves and just coming up with these ideas to get out of matches because they can't come up with a book a decent finish, like they're they're not positioning themselves or the announcers well. Um, I would be pissed off too if I was Jr. I don't I, know how you call that. I very much see like again. I don't. I would not have seen any harm in Orange Cassidy losing clean to Penta. You know. Well, yeah, not not just that, but like Orange Cassidy to me, he, he's good in the way that potato salad is good. Where like it's it's good for a very short period of time, Dominic, he, and then it starts to suck. No, I disagree. I, I really do disagree. I feel like, you know, you put you if you handle him that balance that right, Marcus. There's like a there. He's an enigma in a lot of ways. Where it's just like you know, it's something that really stands out as no, a, he's not an enigma, Dom. We know exactly what he's going to do every week. We know we know everything that he does to, and when he's going to do the it. Casual fan, Marcus. He's an enigma. Like where it's like. He he reaches out across that. I think he breaks that threshold of like, whoa, that's interesting about wrestling. That where it's like, there's something notable. And I t- I taught tell Snow about this too. Was like, uh, you can describe if you can describe a character and like he, Al Snow said this to me too. If you can describe a character in like a sentence or two, your persona in a sentence or two, that's what you need. And you can do that with Orange Cassidy, like you can. So um, it's I. And like we talked about Orange Cassidy specifically, and I think he he very much gets over to a mass audience. And um, you know that 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 line of reasoning doesn't always work. I could I could describe Kevin Nash's Oz gimmick in a line or two. Uh, um, so, so I don't I don't who know. Am I gonna, who am I gonna uh, uh, take advice from more? You or Al Snow? Hey man, uh, do what you want, uh, but but I'm I'm here uh, to express an opinion, and I'm expressing it, and that's it. I think that Orange Cassidy needs to show us more. Uh, he's not an enigma, Dominic. I know exactly what he's going to do. Every single- hey, you said your piece, fuckface. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> i i have seen him i've seen everything that he does and i've seen it multiple times and i've seen it week after week he needs to show more layers and i i don't blame jr for being pissed off it would be hard for me to call that match dominic he is aging like goldberg did in the 90s and let me tell you goldberg got old pretty fucking fast as soon as basically after he got beat, they strangled the golden goose and it was over. Well, the, the golden goose with Orange Cassidy, it, it was strangled months ago. We need some new layers. How do you? Well, I agree. Like that, you got to continue to make him. You know, you can't have him get stale. But I and like, you know, I think the fact 
you can't just have him tread water with the best friends. I agree with that. Like where it's like, you got to make him do more different things. But I, I feel like it's almost the aspect of Finn Balor with the demon gimmick. The demon gimmick was awesome with Finn Balor in NXT. And he only pulled it out once in a while. And when it did, it means something. So like when you do it with the, how you would do it with Lawrence Cassidy is yeah, you get this lax guy that plays into that and leans into a little bit more. And sometimes I think you can do the little shin kick thing without it being like, why doesn't the guy just hit him? Like you can kind of do that here and there, but like toe the line on it a little bit more. But I think like the moments where he turns it on and you see him get fired up, that's like his demon almost where it's like, okay, boom, we get that orange Cassie this time around. And then I think that, that's something that I think is intriguing about him going forward and keeping going on. So um, I understand where you're coming from about like, you know, him like kind of, I see, I don't think the golden goose is strangled with orange Cassidy whatsoever. I think, I think he's still pretty darn fresh because he's not oversaturated on the product. He's, he's there here and there. And sometimes he's just in the background, but I don't know. No, I, I just, so I'm still very much high on orange Cassidy. And I, I just don't think, I think he's kind of, not super Teflon yet, but he's kind of Teflon right now where he could, t- he honestly could have took the loss to Penta and there would have been nothing wrong with that. And then Penta still gets over. You can still, and you can still build orange back up too. Um, but yeah, they have to, they got to find the more of a, this uh, consistent balance with orange where he's still in the focus, but yeah, to your point, they got to make him, uh, you got to develop him still. You got to always keep that in mind when you're having him on your television. Because, yeah, it's true. It is to, to a point, man. Uh, let's take a couple comments here. Uh, we'll get to John Tesla's here in one second. I, I'll bring that up. But this is always fascinating is I would love to see Daniel Bryan in AEW. Uh, Daniel Bryan has uh, mentioned – now, I'm not too uh, keen or familiar with what the news is with him in regards to – what his status is, but I know he's been talking about being more of a part-time wrestler. And uh, they just did that thing on SmackDown where he lost to Roman Reigns and therefore he's banned from SmackDown. So uh, people have been talking about Daniel Bryan potentially going elsewhere. And obviously you get Daniel Bryan, you get Samoa Joe, you get maybe even CM Punk. Dude, that's mighty gigantic. Mighty yeah, idea. I mean, it, it make an instant difference. Uh, it draw people in immediately. I would love to see Daniel Bryan in AEW as well. Um, I think that the matches that he could have with like guys like Kenny Omega, uh, Cody Rhodes. Now, that I, I'm sure he and Cody wrestled when Cody was in WWE, but like now, this is a very different version of Cody Rhodes that we've got. So it makes it would make it a fresh angle. You know, that would be like uh, that would be like you wrestling. Uh, uh, Isaac Yankum DDS as opposed to wrestling Kane, right? Right. Same guy, but he's different. And even more um, so because you can even reference the history of those two, like sure. the history Absolutely. of Cody wrestling Daniel Bryan, where as necessarily like with Kane, you couldn't be like, hey, you used to be Isaac Yankum, so, uh, but I wrestled you once. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, yeah, I would love to see it. Donald, let's touch on uh, John's question there. He asked, what's your opinion on the AEW website showing the wrestler's overall career record? I kind of like it. Uh, I'm that's That, to me, feels like a JR thing, where JR would want to have something like that up. Just basically sports. to, yeah. Again, it's sports and it's raising the stakes and it's showing like who is positioned better on the card. With the idea being that if this is a shoot, brother, 
the the guys who are better positioned on the card are making more money. Uh, so it's I think that that's why to me it feels like a JR thing where he wants to add realism to it, which again is why like Orange Cassidy is in the middle of getting stretched in this match and he's trying to put his hand in his pocket while he's being stretched. Like he's not focused on getting out of the hold. He's focused on that was his to that point. He was focusing on getting out of the hold by putting his hand in his pocket. To me, to me, Dom, if I were JR, I'd be like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just laying out. <laughs> and that's what he does. I get it. I No, again, I get it. But it's also like, I feel, I, I just, there's something about Orange Cassidy where the outsider fan or casual fan are intrigued by him. Like, you look at a couple of our friends, like, that are casual wrestling fans. I'm uh, thinking one in particular, and they like Orange Cassidy a lot. And it's just- you know, Dom, it's it's fun in the same way that a viral video is fun. Uh, you'll talk about it for a couple weeks. It's great for a few weeks. Um, and then you don't think about it anymore, yeah. except to reference it every once in a while and say, uh, yeah, that was funny when that happened. I disagree. I just feel like Orange has like you're you're coming from the perspective that this is a like it's a short term gimmick where I think you can you can cultivate that more and make it something else instead of what and i think they were doing they were on the right track when like again you haven't seen the AEW revolution match when orange cassie took on Pac, and that was one of my favorite AEW matches yet was that one um well guys and- you know we've got joining us we've got john we have nick we have james um i'm not sure if we've still got uh mr tesla here oh wait yeah that is john yeah. uh, uh dan Dan Goose, I'm not sure if you're still here, but like, please, by all means, uh, what are your opinions on this? You guys have heard Dominic and I go back and forth. Sounds like we're gonna have to agree to disagree. But well, how do you make a poll too? Because I'm just, sure. yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Orange Cassidy? Um, do you think it's kind of starting to jump the shark? Do you think he's still got some life? I'm, I'm genuinely interested to hear James. Uh, he's saying that the ranking is a nice throwback to the Gordon Soley and the WCW contenders list. I agree, which again is why it makes me it makes me think about Jr. Also, you know, now that I think of it, who is the biggest WCW fan back in those days who's involved in AEW? Um, Tony Khan. So, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was either one of those two that came up with this. Well, here's the thing too. Uh, I like the rankings. I like the rankings and or the win loss records. Uh, the thing is, it's a tool in the toolbox, but the problem is, is all the tools in the toolbox aren't being utilized because there's so much that you can do in the ring to tell the story too of, you know, Hey, you got to hold on the ring ropes, like from an FTR perspective too, hold the ring ropes or Hey, like, uh, get back in at the count of 10 (laughs) or, you know, uh, just even I'm looking, I think it was world-class. I wanted to ask Trevor Murdoch this question because he was a world-class championship wrestling fan. I can't remember if jumping off the top rope there was an automatic disqualification or if that was another, I know that's been a rule before in uh, the territory days, but I can't remember if world-class adhered to that or not. But like you think about that stuff, there's so much different things you can do and make, means something and when loss records are an important part of that i feel but or an intriguing part but i there's so much more aw can be doing to to cultivate not only that sports like feel but make those stakes mean something where something little happens but it plays a huge effect on things you well know? sure like i think brian cage is a good example he he went over against the guy who i, I believe is the top ranked guy in AEW, right with with adam page he went over which was a surprise to everybody so it's like uh he should get a tnt title shot yeah no I, well i'm sure he's gonna get something you know yeah uh, um, yeah 
uh oh mizzy what up thanks for joining us uh and john is he's saying that uh he thinks that orange should revert back to his mask character which i believe was an ant fire ant in uh Chikara. <laughs> yeah so yeah whatever like how about how about make that his alternate personality uh, like let's give this guy something else because let me tell you dominic it's getting old it's where it's at now, I don't think he should really be with best friends. Like, they can be friends, but let's not have them all together all the time and stuff like that. I think, you know, there's – you get him away from there and uh, you put him in – just in, like, the mix of things. Like, put him in the mix with stars that you're going to push or wanting to push as well and make him kind of do his thing, but also make it make it work. You can make – I really honestly think you can make it work. And, like – Orange from that from that time when he was feuding with Jericho and they did the um, they did the debate or whatever they called it and like Orange spoke he was good he was a very good speaker like so I think there's stuff you can do with it uh, I really like Orange I, I I just don't I I understand some criticism of of it like and I get it from an old school perspective too I very much do get hey this is like it's not what really is the wrestling business is about but i think in a way it kind of is because he plays to his character he doesn't shy away from it and he embraces it and it, it there's so there's several different aspects where it's getting pulled in as you know it working but it also can you know as a character that doesn't really vibe from the old school perspective but you know listen i i very much like i think he's one of my favorite aspects of AEW. so uh that's just how I feel about it. Um, well, Dom, that was, that was a pretty uh, extended answer that you gave there. Let me give my condensed version. He sucks. I'm tired of it. Wow. Um, I need I need more out of Orange Cassidy. Um, so, yeah, to, to put it bluntly, Dominic, I, I think that he has all the potential in the world to not suck. I think he has all the potential in the world to be a, a major star and continue his funny shtick while also giving the, the business some credibility. Marcus, I just feel business. saying like he sucks is just so. Well, well, I was just trying lame. to make. It, I, I was just trying to be funny. Um, I like I said, I don't think he sucks. Uh, I think that what he's been doing, I think the way that he positions himself and the way he's kind of painting himself into a corner sucks. Um, so I, I don't. I, I need to see more out of Orange Cassidy before I give a crap about him. I had fun with him for a couple weeks, just like everybody else. Just like the first time I saw the Joey Ryan dick flip, you know, I was, I was like, I was like everybody else. I was like, this is hilarious. I saw him do it to Mick Foley. I was like, I love this guy. But then after a while, I'm like, okay, I've seen it. Well, what else does this guy do? Does he do anything else? And then uh, fuck him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Joey Ryan. Um, <laughs> Well, Sammy here says the dynamic of having CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Samoa Joe, unimaginable. But Joe to TNA, but I don't know if Bryan or Punk will do a leap to AEW. <laughs> you know, it's how much speculation has there been over the course of time, not just with Punk, but several names. Like, and we couldn't even fathom a lot of those talents even making it to WWE or from leaving WWE and going somewhere else. And, you know, Daniel Bryan can't fit in that category because you think about like a lot of the stuff that he's been in, you know, WWE does know his value, but they don't utilize him to the best of their abilities either. So it's like, you know, and plus, you know, he's, he's in a good spot where he's like kind of a producer on SmackDown and all the different things you to consider. 
again, I don't know all the ins and outs of what his current situation is because I know there's some bit of news to that. I just know that what the angle is they're pulling on SmackDown and that he's mentioned being like part-time and, and things like that and kind of like leaning more towards like putting, uh, you know, on the downslope of his career in regards to in-ring work and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it would be very awesome. Very, very awesome if all of them, you know, Samoa Joe going to Impact, that just seems like not like big enough for Joe. <laughs> no offense to Impact, but, you know, it's, um, I like Joe's such a big star. There's there's a lot of equity in the name Samoa Joe. And yeah. so he should be on, on, there's nothing wrong with Impact. Like you said, you cover it once a week and you really enjoy it. I like Impact. Um, but I, I believe that a guy with the name equity that Samoa Joe has belongs on national television, not on AXS or Axis or whatever Axis, you call that. Yeah. Um, uh, so before we move on, uh, James has a, a funny one. What would you think of Orange Cassidy pulling an LIJ look with Scarface suit, maybe a fake Tommy gun? Sure. Like, let's, let's give him some more layers. Like, look, if he's going to be a comedy act, fine. But like, let's let's see a little bit more jerry lewis i love jerry lewis dom but then he did the same thing that in the 50s or he did the same thing in the 60s that he did in the 50s and then it got to be the 70s and it's like oh he's still he's still doing that and it's like okay a little bit of that is great a lot of it is starting to piss me off uh dominic something that didn't piss me off though uh hey how about that segment with uh the pinnacle and the inner circle Oof. yeah i, what, I mean i little, thought little, little old school heat if anything, like that should have been what we led the show with was that segment because, damn dude, that was some good shit. Like, you know, I there we take uh, it's the bill or the the time frame between when this blood and guts match was booked to when it's actually happening, which is next week. I can't believe it's next week. It just seems it is so. This is like the blow off. This should be the blow off match of the feud, and here we are getting it like a couple weeks away from it. You know. Uh, but yeah, what a hell of a segment, like, but everybody got a chance to shine a lot in that, uh, especially like guys like Sammy and, um, Jericho, obviously, um, any FTR and Santana too, like very much got those opportunities to kind of show their skills on speaking on the mic. And it's kind of what, uh, a lot of people last week and they, uh, were critical about in, in certain ways because, Hey, why wasn't the pinnacle? you know, in the ring, doing cutting a promo and stuff like that. When JR is just asking one question backstage and they're just sitting down where it's like <laughs> pinnacle needs to get some heat and stuff. Well, this kind of, this brought it this week. Um, I would just very much like to see more. So like I'm excited for blood and guts and I think it's going to be a great fun match and a hell of a way to close out the show too next week. But it's like, I would much rather seen that get built to like, so I, instead of, you know, uh, maybe instead of that, you have uh, Dax taking on uh, Ortiz in singles action. And like, well, and that's kind of the formula, right? Where you yeah. you do like single matches leading up to the big blow off. Now, in this case, maybe they're going the other way, Dominic. I mean, maybe we're maybe we're going to start out with uh, the big the big schmoz match. And then we're going to work our way into a bunch of singles where we have individual issues. You know, it feels like. Like Sammy Guevara is having a personal issue with Sean Spears, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Dax and Cash are having an issue with uh, Santana San Ortiz. So it's like we're we're starting to move in these directions. So it's I feel like we're probably going to get this match first, but this is not going to be the blow off. 
How would um, you handle the match then next week? Um, I think that Pinnacle has to go over. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're the new group. But then the, this is where you start to make things interesting because now you can say like, hey, Jericho and MJF are about to get in the ring. So, oh, okay. Uh, you know, Santana Ortiz are taking on FTR. So you, you just keep kind of keep that ball rolling, keep rolling the ball down the street with this with this angle. You could go for six months. You know, it really depends on how you look at it. Uh, Sammy Guevara will steal the show of blood and guts, says Rich Murphy. Um, I, I could see it. Absolutely. You know, he's young. He's still got a, a basically a brand new spinal cord compared to the other guys. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure he can take a little bit more abuse, take some of the big bumps. J, uh, Kevin Davis. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for thanks for tuning in, man. We're doing well. Hope you're doing well, too. Yeah, um, I feel like in Sammy, you look at back when we had live crowds too. Sammy was getting babyface pops. And I'm not saying live crowds at Daily Place. I'm saying live crowds, like legit big live crowds. He was getting babyface pops when he was doing it, when he was still a heel and like kind of like people were really rooting for him. So you could only imagine the kind of reaction he would get if he's a pure babyface here and he's going up against uh, somebody like, you know, um, like Sean Spears, where you can get that heat going back from him, or you can like just pairing him up against anybody at the pinnacle MJF. Heck that would get, that's a, that's a great match. You could put promote, like that would have been a, a good match to have next week is Sammy versus MJF, you know, something like that. Sure. Um, Absolutely. There's a lot you can do. And uh, it was a great segment though. I mean, you know, it's just, that's the thing like uh, dynamite AW. It's just, they move really, really quick. And there's with only what are the six pay per views a year? Is that what they? It's pretty much pretty much. Um, it sounds correct. Yeah, one, about one every two months. So like, you know, with that you can pace it out a little bit more. And uh, again, though, it just boils down. Marcus, last week, obviously you weren't here, but I did. Uh, the name of the episode was uh, Thirty Two Fighter Rule or something formula. I did where it's like think of thirty two guys, when women, pretty much everybody involved. And that's where you cap your weekly show at max. Max is 32 people. That's still a lot. That's still a lot of people. That's I, I can't imagine trying to fit 32 people into but one program. That's what uh, they're, I mean, how many are they putting on in the show right now? Is what I'm well, th that's what it should be every other program. So we shouldn't see Chris Jericho every week as much as I, exactly. I would like to. It should be Chris Jericho on A week and on B week. We get, uh, I don't know. Somebody else <laughs> on, on B week, we get Joey Janela or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's you're, you're right. I think that honestly a cap should be set and basically you just release talent or make talent, talent part time up and up after you reach that 32 person threshold. What I said last week, Marcus was you have 32 people designated to your main roster. Okay. And I don't want to call it brands because I just don't like that brand thing where it's like, that's what WWE calls it. And it's just fucking stupid. Like nobody's rooting for a brand. Okay. Um, but you have then the rest of those guys, the rest of your talent that's out of there that aren't a part of that 32, you utilize as much as you want on your YouTube program. So on elevation and on dark. So you want to have those 13 matches. If an art fan wants to tune into those, they can. They can go in there. But also, it should be treated very much like MLB's like minor league system, where it's like a double A AA and a triple A, so to speak. So like they can move in and out of the rankings, or like you know, there's stakes on the main roster where they have a match. Two competitors have a match with one another. If one of them loses, they get sent down. Somebody gets called back up. You know and 
you have and like you can play with the rankings you can play with the win loss records you can do all that stuff and like so you have a huge pool of talent that you you can pick from on dark and on elevation but there's something that they can strive for and something that your main roster characters can strive for in staying afloat on the main card and that makes your main show mean something but you designate marcus i think it's a really good point like alternate in weeks you know where it's like 16 people are featured this week while the other 16 are featured next week or you can even switch that around and move it around a little bit and like mix it up but just make sure there's only a small amount of wrestlers featured on your program so those wrestlers get further highlighted and uh, another thing you and i mentioned i'll stick to it is like let's have an elevation uh, championship where basically everybody on that program is vying uh, men and women's uh, everybody on that program is vying for that championship and when you win it that means that you get a shot against somebody on the main roster. And uh, you, if you win, you, that's it. I mean, how interesting could that be? Or like Marcus, this, even this, if you're designated as the elevation champion, you have, you do five successful defenses and then you get your shot. Like, sure. So there's, or, that, there's or what about, what about this? Cause we're doing the ranking system in AEW. How about the bottom ranked person? So like bottom ranked male or female, uh, if you are the male uh, elevation champion, then you fight the bottom uh, male on the main roster. And if you beat him, you take his spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it, it would make the rankings make more sense too. It would very much so. And like I said this last week too, is I think it's cool. Like Tony Khan really wants to help these wrestlers out and like give them opportunities to work. But you have that many people on your roster where it's like you have all these factions and I like a lot of the factions, but I'm not to the reasoning for having all those factions is because you want all those people on the, on your television, but it just is not, it's not uh, doable for a mainstream television product where you're trying to get viewers to retain what's going on through your show week in and week out and getting attached to certain wrestlers and then making mean something. So just spread that out amongst those two shows that you have on YouTube and do it, have as much partying as you want on there, you know, matches and stuff like that but really hone in on your tv tv tnt wednesday night product and with those few few amount of things we've been i think that pretty much covers do you have anything else you want to add in that no we've we've belabored it uh dominic let's move on to the christian cage segment between him and taz uh dude christian cage he's just a cut above everybody in AEW right now i don't know why i didn't see it with him before but i'm really seeing it with him in AEW. maybe it's just because i missed him while he was gone for seven years but like he has such a great presence he cuts a great promo um it's like he's one of those guys where every time he's on screen it's like if i'm like pissing around on my phone or something um i i like look up uh, and start paying attention to what Christian Cage is saying and doing on the screen. And I mean, this stuff between him and Taz and Team Taz, you know, it's we're opening up a world of possibility here. Where would you like to see that go? Uh, it's got to go to him, Ricky Starks, I think. Uh, he teased that this week, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, a match between those two would be quite something. I don't know who you put over in those circumstances. I want to see Ricky Starks get some wins and start to climb the climb the ladder in AEW. But by the same token, Christian Cage is still pretty new. And I think that wins are going to mean a lot for a guy, especially coming off a seven year hiatus. Now it, uh, yeah, to, I see that point. I think it'd be kind of cool. Like Christian, his, the whole thing that's going on with him is he's trying to work his way up, outwork everyone. And like, he's working his way up the ladder. I think it 
wouldn't do him any harm at having one hiccup in his road to that where he loses to Ricky Starks and then Ricky Starks hangs out over him. And that could be in an under, underhanded fashion that Starks wins over him, but he's still better. And then it, maybe it turns into a best of three situation culminating in like a gimmick match. In a gimmick match or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like something or not even a gimmick match. Just make it three rock solid singles matches where like, you know, because Benoit Booker T didn't have a gimmick match in there. Oh, yeah. It was just best of seven or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was just straight up matches. So let's do that. That would be something fun. Like that. I think it'd be fucking awesome. And, and it would elevate both guys. Yes, very much. And like, yeah, because you know, like you get to see Christian still do his thing and you get to see Starks go up against a, a season, like an established legacy star like Christian. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, the Dom, I don't know what it is about Christian. I, I can't believe I didn't see it with him before. I think it's just, you know, WWE and the way that they positioned him probably uh, altered my my way of thinking and it kind of made me see things through the WWE lens when I would see Christian. But now that I'm seeing him here doing what he's doing, I'm like, hey, Christian Cage, is he's the man. He's like, I, I love his work. I love his mic skills. I think that there's a lot there with Christian. Yeah, yeah, it's got. I'm interested in seeing where they're going to go with him more so. Um, like, he's somebody that you can see is on a <laughs> cut path where, like, there's been a lot of times, like, Matt Hardy's been the snake bitten one starting off where it would be like, what are we doing with Matt Hardy? And, like, you know, the broken gimmick's not working amongst the empty arena fans and stuff like that, where, and like, injuries and, you know, scary stuff happen with Hardy where it's like, he had that situation or there's other talents where you like see them for a little bit and then they're gone. And so like Christian so far, they've been pretty good with, like they have been good with, it's been, a, I think it's been a solid showing of him. Um, what was I going to say? We forgot to mention this too. Cause I don't think there, we were, we would even go back around to this Marcus. What we didn't mention the young bucks thing was SCU coming out at the end. How did you feel about uh, Frankie Kazarian and Daniels coming out? Uh, and like cutting that promo and kind of like laying there the line against the young bucks. Um, it, it didn't mean much to me to be honest. Um, which is probably why I just glossed over it and didn't even bring it up. Um, it, it just doesn't mean much. Uh, you know, if, if SCU was coming out like a house of fire week after week and like looking like a strong tag team, then all of a sudden I think it, I would I'd maybe perk up a little bit, but it's like, the, these are two guys that are sometimes a tag team, sometimes not. I love Christopher Daniels, but he's looking very old. I love Frankie Kazarian, but it's like, okay, is he a tag guy? Is he a singles guy? Is SCU still a thing? Is SCU still three people? Looks like only one person or uh, two people now. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where. I, I I can't get my hands around what they are, so therefore they mean little to me. And also, I think that the Young Bucks are going to beat them. So it's just like it's white noise, man. The Young Bucks are just gonna well, Mark. The stakes with them, like they are a tag team, because like their whole thing has been like, if we lose in tag action, we're no longer a tag team. Like that. Well, good. well, it's they haven't been. When's the last time we saw a tag team match with those? Two? Well, I mean, you probably that's the thing. Yeah, you're right about that because we they've only probably wrestled on dark and elevation. So, it's so what like, kind of what kind of stakes are those? You guys are going to continue yeah. behaving the way that you've been behaving if you lose. It's, yeah, okay. I get it. No, I get it. Um, I really did think that promos by both of those guys were really good. Though. Sure. Like, yeah, I, th- I think Frankie Kazarian's a tremendous promo. I and think I thought, I, too, like your point with like uh, Daniels has always been he's been very comedic since his run in AEW's pretty much started. This was like more of a serious, like old kind of like fallen angel, like Daniels, like cutting like this 
matter of fact promo against the Bucks. So I like that too. Yeah, I mean, it's I I, I think it's fine. Uh, it's just it didn't turn the dials for me, man. It's I I did not give a, a shit about it. Uh, James is saying he's still baffled by the lukewarm young bucks. Yeah, I mean, like it's the heel turn. I think is interesting. I think the idea that they're like starting to wear all this designer shit and act like assholes is is fun. I like um, it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they're lukewarm anymore, really. Well, they came in with like a whimper though. Um, so like if you remember when they like attacked if they had like boldly attacked uh uh what's his name dean ambrose john moxley if they had like boldly attacked him instead of like feeling like they were coerced in it or like it finally it was like oh i guess okay i'll do it it was like it was sort of like that where they were hemming and hawing and then did it if they come in aggressively and came in like lions as opposed to lambs then all of a sudden it's like all right look at this these guys are a couple killers but now it's just like they went from like a hesitantly turning heel to now like the next week they come out and they're like guess what we're full-blown heels now it just it happened we're full-blown heels happened off screen though no because they kind of really embraced when they did turn on moxley like they embraced being heels at the end I, I guess I don't know. To me, to me, lukewarm is the perfect description. James, you you took the words right out of my mouth. See, I, I agree that they were lukewarm when they were him and Han, but they're not him and Han anymore. I think they're legit bad guys, and I think it's, I think it's more so played to the fact that the, I think, I think they're on the right track, and I think they're yeah, right. well, we're we're approaching tolerable with the young bucks, but they need to cut the shit uh, with like going into business for themselves with their stupid ideas that they have for matches. Uh, get just it, sit down with Dean Malenko before you go out and do a match and let him direct you. He'll make um, sure you don't do anything silly. There's something else I was gonna say. Shoot, uh, oh, I did. What did you think of the Johnny Cage spot in the match <laughs> that they had? I thought it was fine. Um, it's, I didn't, I didn't really see an issue with it, uh, other than that they are heels, and that's an incredibly babyface thing to do, even though it is a low blow. Um, like the the funniness of it and the pop culture reference of it is like uh, it's a baby face thing to do. Um, My worlds were very much colliding when Tony Khan, meant, I mean, Tony Schiavone mentioned Johnny Cage. Yeah, how about that? Hearing Tony Khan or uh, Tony Schiavone say Johnny Cage, hearing those words come out of his mouth, it was like, am I dreaming right now? Yeah, what's happening? Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it's. I, I thought it was funny, um, but I shouldn't be laughing. I, I should want to strangle the Young Bucks, which I still do. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they're on the right path. I'd say they are. I think they're doing a very good job as heels. Even Lance, Lance Storm today, I wrote an article on uh, WrestleZone. Lance Storm thinks they're doing a tremendous job as heels. Um, I'll tell you what, Dominic, somebody else doing a tremendous job. How about uh, Chris Statlander? I mean, she she had this bad knee injury, and she comes back looking better than ever. I mean, the the power slam that she gave was very Buzz Sawyer-esque uh, at the top of that match. And, I mean, she she comes out, she's she's big, she's strong, she's fluid in the ring. Um, I, I think that Chris Statlander has all of it. You know, James actually mentioned earlier that he wouldn't mind seeing uh, – Orange Cassidy uh, with a female in a like Bonnie and Clyde type role, which to me it could be fun and hilarious. And like who better than Chris Statlander? She's another weirdo just like him. She likes booping people on the nose. Um, but man, I see I see a lot in Chris Statlander. I, I think that she gets better all the time. Yeah, I like her too. But Marcus, it comes to the same point of you. Like, what's what's the difference with that her sh- shtick and then 
Orange Cassidy's. Well, we had the benefit of having Chris Statlander go away for a while. So I'll check back in with you after a month, Dominic. You know, if she's still pretending to be an alien and booping people on the nose, maybe I'm not going to like it. But as far as her ring skills are concerned, her size is concerned, her look is concerned, I would call her pretty undeniable. She And that's that's another difference between her and Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy's got to work extra hard because he doesn't look like he should be able to contend against somebody like Miro. He doesn't look like he should be able to contend against somebody like Nick Camarado. Um, but, but okay, fine. He, then he needs to show us a lot of personality and get himself over that way, which he did at first, but now it's getting stale. Okay. What, what's next? What's next? I'm tired of eating roast duck. You know, let's throw another meal in there. Hmm. Like, uh, with little mandarins. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, well, somebody that has that kind of presence too, like, uh, Chris Statlander, Jake Cardell, uh, who would you want her to manage her? She kind of cut a little bit of a promo saying like people have been buying for her services, but they want to cut of it and she doesn't play that. So uh, would you want to see her get managed by somebody or would you want to see her fly solo? How fun would it be to have her managed by Teddy Long? That'd be pretty cool. I think, I think I'd really like it. How about Booker T? Um, it's, uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that would be great compliments to her. Um, people who could get the best out of her for sure. Uh, because it's, it's like, I've been saying, I think that she's getting better and better on the mic, but like, I, I thought of Teddy long right away because he's, he's a great promo. Um, Booker T again, great promo. Uh, I, I could probably think of another 10 examples of people who would, who would be great alongside her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Um, that somebody that's not, in- I mean, who I'd really like to see Dom, if, if it was a perfect world, the best possible human being to be there with Jade Cargill, how about Jim Cornette? Uh, I think it would be a blast to watch Jim Cornette That'd trashing, cool. trashing the other people and saying like, saying like, Hey, this is what a real pro wrestler looks like. You see how she's in tremendous shape. You see how she's bigger than everybody else. You see how she's got the ring skills. This is a real pro wrestler. That'd be uh very, that'd be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, yeah, I'm trying to think who else he could use too. Like there's, like, I don't think she's that bad on the mic. Like she, like to your, our points, like where you're saying like, well, how's she going to be on the mic? She's getting better. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think that's another person we talked about Christian being on the right path. I think they're doing a very, very good job with Jade Cargill too and how they're handling her. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, I, yeah, I, those are some good suggestions for managers, though. I, I mean, a perfect world, uh, Jim Cornette, world being what it is. Yeah, I'd say Booker T. Probably. Well, I think that's a perfect world, too, because Booker T is pretty uh, well tied with uh, WWE. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's no way that that's going to work out. That's That won't happen either. That just ain't going to happen. <clears throat> um, um, hey, don't take over the show, you piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Dominic uh, Penelope Ford. Also, I wanted to mention. I feel like she is she's a little green, but she's getting better week after week. She's got great athleticism, great look. You know, the women's division trending upward, big time. Yes. Yeah, and, and now Thunder Rosa too. How how it's trending upward? Well, she we we mentioned it to her, and we'll mention it here. Go listen to our interview with Thunder Rosa, please. It was awesome. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, great, great insight, and legitimately. I see like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like potential in her. And I told her so. Um, but uh, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah. She set the bar. She set the bar when she arrived. She and Serena Deeb, uh, they said, okay, like this is what wrestling is supposed to look like. And everybody got better. 
yeah. um, immediately Britt Baker became more interesting because I think that she saw this happen and she was like, uh, I need to step it up. And she did. Um, but so I think that all these women are stepping it up. Chris Statlander, I think it performed better than before she injured her knee. So, I mean, people, people are, uh, really got a great finish too. I really like her finish. Um, I, I have it written in here. Like what a compelling finish that is like that yeah. looked devastating. So, and she's big enough to put it on any other woman on the roster. I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. She's, she's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, man, oh, man. I'm still racking my brain. Who I'd want to manage Jay Cargill besides the ones you suggested. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's plenty of options. Then again, there's also still plenty of managers there. So, yeah. so I mean, maybe she doesn't need one. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, what else you got there, Mark? Um, all right. So uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the Cody Rhodes. Well, the Cody Rhodes didn't come out to the end, but we've got like the uh, the factory coming up against the nightmare family. Uh, the factory stole. Uh, I guess it's Cody Rhodes equivalent of the Lex Express. I yeah. wonder if Cody's going to go out on the road and that thing, which I wouldn't mind. Honestly, I think that would be kind of hilarious and cool. It'd be really, fun that would be a good escape. Like, you know, change of pace, like Cody pops in and here and there. And he's like, Hey, I'm on the, you know, and like, it's just a different segment for him. To and do. like, Hey, uh, if he's going to go away uh, when his wife has uh, a baby, which I assume, of course he will. Um, then put them on the Lex Express. Yeah. The Cody Roadie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, could be a lot of fun. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so dude, how good does Billy Gunn look? Great. That's, and he's 57. Is that I, correct? I want him on dynamite every single week. Like if somebody deserves that TV time, we were talking about how it should be like 32 people who deserve TV time on dynamite. Uh, Billy Gunn should be one of them. I, I think he looks like a million bucks. He's still got the name equity. He can still go. Um, yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Like Fountain of Youth somewhere, wherever he lives, he found it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, and he's somebody you can have. And, like, I like how they handle him even. Like, just, <laughs> like QT couldn't beat Billy Gunn, and that's how it should have been too. Like, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Savvy veteran against some dude who's, like, outmatched. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's a suggestion James gives. Is Selena De Laurento from MLW? As oh, a- she'd be she'd be fun as Jade's manager for sure. She's amazing. Like she's one of the best at doing that kind of uh, uh, portraying a heel manager valet like that. And uh, yeah, she's very good. Uh, no about it. Hey, how about how about uh, uh, what's his name? Nick uh, Ziggler, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's brother. Nick Ziggler. <laughs> you <laughs> just you just pretty much combined Dolph Ziggler's real name with his actual name. Well, you want to talk about a guy who's got, a guy who's got a social media presence, a guy who seems like he's decent on the mic. Uh, I, why not him? Like basically put him in this position where it's like, maybe I'm not as good as my brother. Maybe I'm not a good wrestler even, but like I can show people how to be a good wrestler. Yeah. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. You get a, uh, who would be cool too. Uh, this is just way off the top of my head too. Aaron Stevens from NWA. Like, sure. So former Sandow, Damien Sandow, he'd be pretty good. A lot of options, man. Uh, basically, right now you want to talk about somebody being Teflon. It's Jade Cargill. She can do no wrong right now. She's very uh, good. Yeah, she's she's trending upward big time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. As far as that, everything that went down in that factory in the uh, the nightmare uh, match. What'd you think of all that? 
Well, uh, I mentioned here in my notes, I, I really like, I, I do like Nick Camarado. I think they need to continue to just make him show out as like this, this nasty, mean heel. Like mm-hmm. that should be his whole thing where it's just like vindictive, nasty, overpowering. Um, so I see a lot in him. I also see a lot in big shoddy Lee Johnson, but like, here's the problem with him is like, he, he is, he suffers from the same issue that, uh, Brad Armstrong suffered from where it's like his physicality is amazing, but he just needs more personality. Like every time he's on the mic or every, any time that he's got a camera in his face, it all feels very manufactured, like very like fake, like, okay. And now I'm acting (laughs) and like, it's just like, it's not good. He's the kind of person, Dominic, who I think would stand to benefit greatly from having a, a strong gimmick, like a, even a campy gimmick. I think I think with his skill set in the ring, if you give that guy like some, a, a campy gimmick, like I, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like just like one of those old school, like annoying gimmicks uh, with his skill set, I think he'd get over in a hurry. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What you could do with that, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think, you know, uh, he's so amazing, like from a worker perspective and what he's able to do in today's modern wrestling. But yeah, like a little more, a uh, little more identity as in as a persona would be great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Uh, it, well, it looks like they're leaning towards uh, Dustin taking on Nick, and uh, like whether it's a Texas bull rope match or something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was pretty on the nose there with that whole cowbell thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I think that Dustin is probably, I mean, Nick is clearly a student of Dustin's. Um, so I'm, I would imagine that Dustin's going to put him over, which he should. I think that Nick Camarado is big as a house. He looks nasty. He's very old school. Yeah. Um, I think I think a guy like that, there's a lot there. Yeah, absolutely. Dominic, how about Miro beating the shit out of Kip Sabian? Um, I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about when Miro slammed his arm in the door. <laughs> Kip sold it the way that I sell it whenever I get a really nasty splinter, where I'm just like, ah. Ooh. Well, he's kind of like, he's kind of crying, wasn't he? What's that? He was kind of crying, wasn't he? Sort of, but like, if somebody slams your arm in a door like that, first of all, those those industrial commercial type doors, they're really heavy. Uh, so like. Be, it would break your hand or wrist or arm or whatever got get, gets caught in there. Um, and like, you would be screaming like they would be it, just dog shit acting from Kip. Um, didn't, hang, didn't <laughs> Daredevil, did he slam somebody's head or hand? I think it was hand. And actually James is kind of making our point here. He says to be fair, guys like him, wrestling coaches could wrestling could benefit from acting coaches being charismatic isn't automatic. Sure. Um, Hey, no truer words could possibly be said when we're talking about Kip Sabian. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was bad acting. Well, I think he's referring to uh, Lee. Uh, I know, but it, it transitioned beautifully. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Lee needs it. Uh, Kip Sabian, I think, needs it. Um, there's there's a lot of people there who just like and look, it's pro wrestling. We are not expecting these guys to be Oscar winners, but like you know, at least give us something. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It could get there. You know, Lee Johnson's what? He's very young, so it's just like... Due to a gimmick, a strong gimmick. I I, I, I cannot come up with anything off the top of my head for him, but like, I, I'm going to be laying in bed tonight, and it's going to be like 2 in the morning. I'm just going to wake up and be like, that's the gimmick for shoddy He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. And dude's uh, still good in the ring. Like, Give him, give him my, a Miami Vice-style gimmick. 
Sure. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Why not? Something. So give him something. Um, because like right now his gimmick is that he's friends. He's friends with Dustin yeah. <laughs> and he's a good athlete. Yeah. Um, Shooter gimmick. That's what James says. Sure. The, yeah, why not? I don't know that he's really a shooter. His style is a little bit more like Rey Mysterio, like kind of flipping around, And except he's really good at it. Like you could say that of a lot of wrestlers today where they're all adapting that borderline lucha style. But like a lot of them, you can see them kind of planning their spots. And it's just like, it's like, oh, he's going to, he's about to do this. Where Big Shotty Lee, he's like, he's so fluid in all of his movements that it's like, it kind of catches you off guard whenever he does something big. I'm like, holy shit, he just pulled that out. And it was, it was incredible. Yeah. He did it during this match a few times where I was just like, this guy's amazing in the ring. Give him a strong, an even annoying B movie gimmick. And like, he is going to get over. Uh, did he get powerbombed on the stage this week? Uh, I don't know. Okay. If well, if that happened, got power bombed, I think on the stage. But then I thought something happened to Lee where he took a pretty big. Bomb. There's there's another thing that we got to slow down on. I somebody gets power bombed on, on that stage or dropped on that stage or back body dropped on that stage once a week. Yeah. Um. Let's let's slow it down. And if we, that happens, they should be out of commission. Right. Let's let's, let's slow it down on the apron bumps while we're at it. You know, bumps big on. Getting rid of apron bumps. Let's knock that off. And like, I'm sure the wrestlers know how to take those apron bumps to an extent, but it's also like, I'm not even worried about the wrestlers' well-being. It's like, stop showing it. I I see it once a week. It's like it's it's become as common as the tope suicida. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Uh, I think you addressed that. I thought there was something. Hey, wh- what are you doing right now? This is this is my show, Dom. Oh, you just, okay. you just sit back Go there. Ahead. And what do you got next there, Mario? <laughs> uh, Darby, Dominic. It's the main yeah. event. Darby taking on 10. Um, it was so why I understand that he's trying to like honor Brody Lee, right? So he's, he's giving all of these uh, members of the Dark Order a shot at the title. But it's like what? We need to be building towards something. He keeps going over against these people, right? He keeps beating the members of the Dark Order. So it's like logically how this should go or should the direction they should have been moving in is to have him continually beat every single member of the Dark Order. He gets down to the last one, beats him. But then it's like, he's like, okay, I guess I ran through every member. And then that's the perfect time to debut a new leader for the Dark Order and have him come out and and take on Darby for the TNT championship. True. So to me, that's, that was the direction that they should have been moving in. Uh, instead, it seems that now they're transitioning out of that and moving toward a feud between Scorp- Scorpio sky and Ethan page and him and the stinger and the stinger and mm-hmm. Lance uh, Archer somehow involved. Too. Lance Archer is getting in there because he's got nothing else to do right now. Uh, he's thrown every, every five foot four dude backstage through the fucking drop ceiling. Um, so now, now that that's done, he's like, what am I going to do? Guess I'll stick my nose in stings business. So what, um, yeah, I, I think that doesn't, that your point about the dark order and them like him going through them and then debuting, I mean, that's still, that still could be in the works, like, you know, here and there, like they debut somebody and he gets like, kind of almost like what Brody did to Cody is like, he squashed Cody. You know, we, we've transitioned out of it, Dominic. Yeah. But I mean, I think you can always come back to that. Like, I, I guess, I don't know. It's... I, I don't know. And like, you know, if I'm trying to think, okay, so you got sky, you got Ethan Page, 
you have Darby, you have Sting, and then you have Archer. Is there somebody else we're missing in that, like that would be teaming with Sky and Paige? Because maybe they're debuting somebody there too, or, or bringing somebody in. Sure, but but it still goes back to why were we doing this with the Dark Order in the first place? We're we're now moving away from the Dark Order, um, and so now we're moving on to this gimmick. And you're saying, well, we could go back. It's like, why would we go back? We were just there. You, the, you, the opportunity was there. Well, I don't and, think you and we didn't I mean, go it. back is necessarily the thing, but you go, like you can put them into their the fold of of the TNT title contention again, or like them going against Darby, like because I think you know this it's an open challenge kind of thing. It's not like he's got a set schedule where okay, you know, Darby's kind of picking it, like he's kind of having his choice of who to wrestle, but also people are stepping up and like having that match. So it's like, the, it's an open challenge. So I don't see what's the harm in like them not wrestling him for a couple of weeks and then going and coming back and wrestling him. It's, it's because like it, it, we need to be linear with this thing, right? With it, like, you can't be on this path and then, okay, I'm going to cut down to this other path for a while, but then I'll come back up to that path. What's the dark order doing in the meantime while he's feuding with Ethan page. Uh, it, I don't know, man. It's just, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense, their approach on it. Uh, it feels like they had an idea where they're like, hey, let's honor Brody. We all miss Brody Lee. He was amazing. They're like, let's honor Brody Lee, um, and we'll show, it'll make Darby more of a babyface. We'll honor Bro. He will honor Brody Lee week after week by challenging some of his people. But then it's just like, okay, not sure how to close this one out, so let's just go ahead and transition out of it. <laughs> And they did, and it's just like okay, it's. But Marcus, they kind of did that. They kind of did that previously because he wrestled John Silver, and then he didn't wrestle Dark Order members for like the next following weeks. He went up against other people. I don't know, dude. I, I it, it was clearly a path that they were on with this Dark Order angle, and now they're. It, to me, it feels like they're off of it. I'm just not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, no matter how you slice it, like we we need more consistency in the storytelling here. Uh, much like there is Dominic on our other podcast, WCW Rewritten, which we're doing live tomorrow, um, tend to tend to follow a very linear story path. Yeah, but sometimes you squeeze a little, lot of exposition, I've found. You know, Dominic, you didn't even think about that word until I said it myself last week on the podcast. Um, so I hate that you're using it yourself. Uh, it, it, pawning it off is something that you conceive. Taking ownership of it as I should. Right. It is uh, a wrestling business, Marcus, and what, what do people do? They steal well, uh, another thing that they do, Dominic, in the wrestling business is purge exposition. And that's what I did last week. And it got us to where we needed to go, uh, <laughs> which is Super Brawl 8, uh, which Dominic and I are debuting live tomorrow. Yeah. So if you like what you're hearing now. Um... Uh, this is way better than the bullshit we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it is a really good uh good storyline that we got going on that one so please check it out especially if you're an old school wcw fan give it a listen yeah um dominic let's let's oh wait look james has just said at a certain point what do you have darby do face every member of the dark order at once for the tnt title sure it's like uh, you know really the way to go uh if if things were perfect like how about eric redbeard um let's bring him in finally after darby beats every single member of, of the group it, he's he's just like hey you know I, I i'm glad i got to honor Brody lee it was you know i respect all you men all that baby face stuff and then out comes eric redbeard and he's like hey there's there's somebody else in charge of the dark order now and it's me 
And so if you if you want to pay my boy Brody some respect, how about you put that challenge up against me or put that title up against me and then be, put the title on Eric. It, I think it'd be a good way to transition out of having him uh, lose the, the TNT title, him being Darby. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's definitely an option you could probably do for sure, you know. I don't know, Dom. I'm just I'm just saying words at this point. Um, so, uh, Dom, let's close it out on this note. How about uh, how about Yuji Nagata coming back next week? Yeah, man, pretty awesome. That's, that's some very big news. Uh, WCW related news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, tying it all in together here. Tony, how great, that? How great is it hearing Tony say WCW on TNT? It's pretty. Uh, it's, it, it made me smile when he said, like, oh, I used to call his matches on WCW. He's a legend and saying all that stuff. It's just, man, it's cool. Um, giving me all the feels. I, I'm, I'm glad that he's doing it. All right, Dom, are we ever going to see the great Muda on, on AEW? I think we'll see him. Yeah. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I uh, With this, it's not next week. It's May 12th. That they're oh, I thought it was next week. No. It's Blood and Guts next week. And then there's something else going with Blood and Guts that they promoted. Eddie Kingston and Mox are tagging, I think. Oh, yes, they are. Who are they tagging against? you remember? Nope. Kenny, oh, Kenny and Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, they, that's it. That's what it was. So, so we're going to bury Michael Nakazawa, make him look like an absolute loser uh, who can't defend himself in, in the ring against Eddie Kingston, um, which he didn't. He didn't he already. Looked, yeah, he looked completely outmatched. So now, As he should, though, as he should. Absolutely. But so now the stakes are, okay, so Kenny Omega is like, Manservant now is going to be his tag partner in this. It doesn't make any sense, but maybe they're they're probably building towards something. Uh, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. And also, like I said, Kenny Omega is one of my favorite people in pro wrestling right now. He's hilarious. Uh, I love what he's doing. I love his new gimmick. He is very very compelling. Every time he's on the screen, again, I drop what I'm doing. I'm like, Kenny Omega is going to say or do something ridiculous, so I have to watch this. Um, so yeah, it's, Hey, maybe they're just playing that up. Yeah. I think that there'll, there'll be something I I'm hoping this will, this match will be, I mean, I'm, it's going to be a match, but I hope it's more so furthering a story rather than like making stuff too goofy and funny. Like, you know, have them just beat the crap out of Nakazawa and, uh, like no oil stuff. None of that. Have like what they need to do is basically have Kenny use Nakazawa as a distraction the whole time. Yeah. Um, where he he's gonna get the crap beat out of him by Moxley and Kingston, but uh, while they're doing that, Kenny's up to no good. Or have at least in some form or fashion make it further the story with the new Bullet Club, like where Kenny does something that's very altering to like what we're seeing as us storyline right now, where it's like really shakes it up just a little bit in some form or fashion. Get something going there. Like, James, James, you're the man. By the way, thanks for uh, thanks for doing our plugs for us down there for yeah, the Twitter. Thanks, yeah, James is he's the best around. Always in these, always has great opinions. Always fun to to go back and forth with. So, James, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, very much so, man. Thank you, um, uh, Dominic. Let's go ahead and close this some bitch out. We've been doing it for almost an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, do you want me to do my Meltzer rating, or you want to do MVPs? Well, let's do MVPs, but you go first. All right, my MVP's got to be Brian Cage, man. Coming out this week, uh, he looked like a million bucks. Uh, got a major win against uh, the top-ranked guy in AEW. You know, it's uh, trending upward as he should be. You and I had the pleasure of seeing him wrestle Austin Aries live in uh, New Orleans. 
uh, one night, and I I didn't know who he was at the time. It was the first time I ever saw Brian Cage, and it was oh, that's live. the first you ever saw Brian Cage. I had no idea who he was up to that point. Oh. So that was my first time ever seeing him, and I was like, that this big bastard can move like a damn cat. Oh yeah. Um, and I walked outside afterwards, and he was just standing outside. You and I like walked past him. I think you might have stopped and said something to him or talked to him for a little bit. Yeah, I think I said. Um, I, I just kept walking, but I was just like, he's like big as broad, big as a house. He's not especially tall, but he's like just as, as broad as a house. And it's like, but he can move like, like a damn cat. I think that there's so much to him. There's so much under the hood and he's got such a high ceiling. Um, I'm excited to see what he has in store in AEW. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I do. I will say my MVP probably this week, Darby Allen. I think just like defending week in and week out like he is. And then him achieving the record of having nine successful title defenses and like they're keeping what he's doing very fresh, you know, in regards to different opponents, different styles of matches, like where he's still always fighting from behind, but it's like, it's not, you know, who he's going up against it kind of like, he's got to figure out the puzzle of how to beat this person. I see. I think Darby Allen is money. I I see a lot in him. You know, when I first started watching AEW, it was my first introduction to Darby. I was like, he's too small. He looks like he weighs 145 pounds. Not credible opponent in the ring. But like, he's just he's got such a big personality. The vignettes that they do with him, this whole like brooding dark uh, thing that he does is is a blast. But then also. I, I think they reference that he's got a little amateur bat, wrestling background. Yeah. And you see him doing that. Like, so he was like doing some crazy, like basically out wrestling uh, 10 in the match. And 10's a much larger, more muscular human being. But it was, it was basically like Darby just knows some shit and he yeah. was able to like get the better of him. Um, so it was just, I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot there with Darby. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's great. I know. And it's, Honestly, man, like I wouldn't want to see him lose the title at this point. I feel like if you're gonna do it, have him lose to somebody that also will benefit, like like a Jungle Boy, like where it's like, you know, you're you building new stars, you're building Darby. I think you really can continue to have him further establish this thing as like, wow, how many title defenses is he gonna do? Like he's gonna go on this. He's been going on this crazy run where he's just like beating this person and that person and like maybe out of nowhere then he suddenly loses to somebody that you wouldn't expect him to and then you build that person further uh but yeah uh darby's just been great uh i think it's a a tune in like we we talk about how dynamite for us has been tuned in like it feels like event television for us as wrestling fans but like darby his segments in particular feel like that too where it's like okay what's darby doing this week now so it's it's provided a lot so i think he's definitely the mvp this week me um so dom my melter rating this week uh it's it's a 6.1 i thought it was a good program i i didn't think you know i wasn't blown out of my socks or anything but i thought it was i thought it was really good um entertaining um you know best wrestling on tv by far um and maybe that's not saying much in this era of pro wrestling where it's like wwe's doing their pg thing and basically nobody else is is anywhere near competing except for AEW. Um, but, uh, but AEW is doing it better than anybody else right now. So, uh, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a good show, you know, um, obviously like, yeah, you get your criticisms of AEW and there, there's, there is stuff to criticize about and things that need to be worked on and focused on. We talked about that, but like, 
you know, for what we're getting as a wrestling product, it's uh, there's some stuff to like, even from an old school perspective, but there's also aspects where it can be frustrating too. So as a, as an old school fan too. So, you know, you're not, it's, that's the thing is like, you know, it's, you're going to get these conflicts of interest when it goes like, would we, would ultimately we like to see more stuff being told and making more sense and, and focus more on particular people instead of like all these groups of people and trying to get everybody on TV. Yeah. But there's some aspects that you can take away and be like, yeah, this was a fun wrestling show. And like, there's times where it's just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to tuning into dynamite each and every week. So it's just, there's uh, you know, maybe I, I don't like the Orange Cassie stuff. I'm not a big fan of guys like Joey Janela, but the thing is that the, the program gives something for everyone, which is what you want in pro wrestling. Uh, Cause they scratch the old school itch with me. You've got guys like Christian cage. You've got, You've got big, strong heels like Nick Camarado. You've got guys that I love like like Brian Cage. Um, so there's there's a lot going on that that I can enjoy, and there's stuff going on that like a kid tuning in can enjoy. Like, why wouldn't a kid like Luchasaurus? Of course, I, if I was a little kid, I'd be like, I love that he's huge and he's got a cool mask. That's all I care about. I don't care about his ring work. Yeah. You know? Well, because like, like, like think about us when even when we we're like 13, we didn't give a fuck about what people were doing in moves. Like, it was impressive to see like. You know the cruiserweights do their thing, and it was unique. But it's no. like I wasn't assessing like how Scott Hall wrestled. No, right? it was cool he was a good wrestler, but it was just cool to see Scott Hall on the screen. Yeah. Um. And so, so that's really it. Um. So yeah, there's a little something for everybody. Uh. So yeah, as as far as AEW is concerned, the best wrestling on TV. Yeah, it's a yeah, man. Like a mainstream from mainstream perspective, absolutely. I feel. You know, because I, I cover like I tune into to now I tune into NXT and stuff and I see their product. What they do is it's it's tighter because there's less people and that's that's a positive. But like there just seems to be it just seems to have a bigger feel on AEW than it does in NXT right now. So it does. Um, yeah, NXT is junior league. It's basically like the what elevation should be for AEW. Um, it's it's the junior league guys, and it's like I, I can't believe that they uh, WWE was arrogant enough in the first place to think that they could compete against AEW, who's positioning themselves as as an opposing brand. And WWE is just like you're not really a threat, so we'll just send our minor league guys after. Well, Mark, I don't. At this point, I don't feel like NXT. I mean, they are they were the developmental brand for for WWE, but now they're they're its own brand. So it's like. But people do be like, oh, what? when are they getting called up to the main roster? Which doesn't make sense. They're already on a main roster because they're on a national television product. The same on the same damn channel that uh, Raw is on. So it's, it's like it's different though. It's like it's like main event versus Raw or Sunday Night Heat versus Raw. Dawn. No, it's not to that level. It is. It's it's not. They don't position it that. They, you know, they don't position it that way. They don't. Well, that's because they don't want it to be. But it is. They don't position it that way. But it is that way. And just it's, just one, just I, one I mean, like one I would say though, like it's a it's a good wrestling show. Like you sure. turn into it, and there's like you guys, you got intriguing people like Karrion Cross, and you got um, a lot of good female talent there. Um, and uh, there's just a, there's, I mean, the talent there is amazing. That's sure. like, but, no but, that, but but the the issue is Dominic that like you see a great guy like Karrion Cross, this really compelling character, and you're not thinking like God, I can't wait to see him wrestled. Johnny Gargano, you're like, God, I, I wonder if he's going to wrestle Randy Orton. 
you know? But even that market, yeah, like that's the thing with NXT is there's that what's the end game for all these guys? Because if they do go to another brand, how's Vince going to use them? And that's not a good thing to think about. because That's, that's the thing, Dom. And that's yeah. why wrestling was better back in the territory days because, like, guys moved in and out of territories. Where, like, you know, if you can let go of a guy like – I'm just using an example. I'm not saying that they should. But you could let go of a guy like Dolph Ziggler, um, a guy who's, like, talented but underutilized. You could easily let that guy walk and go to WCW and bring – okay, let's – carrying cross is a pretty big deal out there. Let's bring him in. Um, in his place and there was just this constant revolving door of people um yeah. and and now it's not a thing like zach zach Ryder, who is barely being used they just ha- they just hung on to him for what like 13 years or however long he was in wwe so it's like there that revolving door is gone yeah yeah and it's just like no there's a lot of it's it's a big problem like you know uh i'm glad that like talent's making money there, but, it, and that's the ultimate game was making money, but it's also, um, you know, they could be making more money if you position them in the right way. And, well, the, uh, Tony Khan is raising the tide for professional wrestling. There's, there's people who are seeing like, Hey, I can make some very real money and I don't have to make it from Vince. And I, I think that that's, it's, uh, only only a good thing for wrestling because then other people are gonna other billionaires are gonna see what Tony Khan is doing and say like maybe I should start a promotion like this guy's, uh, this guy's I don't necessarily agree with that because the not only do you have the aspect of it's been for you look at how long it's been since WWE has gotten a competitor back in the mix like dude it was like 20 years until you know they got sure. and now you also look at the fact that wrestling as you know, as accessible, it's so accessible today, and like everybody's got an option. But let's face the facts; it's oversaturated too. Like the product from WWE, uh, and you know, even AEW offers you a lot, like if you want it. So it's like there's an oversaturation of the product. So um, I don't really think you know people are going to be vying to get into that mix more so. But to that point, MLW just signed or just revealed a big deal with vice tv which hosts the dark side of the ring series and stuff and having that collaboration that's going to give mlw even more of like a that that uh off the grid like ecw vibe where it's like that's the cool brand to kind of tune into because you know wow it's like they're only and they have the benefit of not only being in connection with like vice in that that docu docu series but uh and it's only an hour product once a week there week in and week out. It's such consistent storytelling and uh, you know, it's, it's digestible. So there's a lot that makes it stand out. Plus you have those characters and those personas that we talk about and they get the focus. So, sure. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, and I interviewed Les Thatcher and he, we talked about that is a big part of it was oversaturation of the product is, is a big thing right now. So. Well, we're we're trying to oversaturate you with our podcast here. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, not only do we do two not dynamite dudes, but we mentioned it earlier. We also do uh, WCW rewritten. Uh, so go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at Marcus P D'Angelo, and uh, you can also follow our other podcast, which is uh, WCW rewritten at WCW rewritten. Dominic, how do they follow two dynamite dudes yourself and WrestleZone? Yeah, so you can follow two Dynamite Dudes on Twitter at number two and then Dynamite Dudes. 
You can follow me on Twitter at my name, at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com and go to WrestleZone.com for all wrestling news needs. Now, again, please, if you haven't heard it yet, tune into our Thunder Rose interview. Uh, very fun. 30 minutes. Talk about uh, what's going on right now with Mission Pro. It's happening at this very moment. And uh, she talked, and just that being an all women's promotion is very fascinating and uh, very tightly run too. Like it's a good operation. So uh, I'm going to, I actually subscribe to the title match network. I'm going to tune into that when I can and, and um, enjoy that. But um, what else was I going to say? Um, Marcus, is there something else we got to plug? Uh, you can follow WrestleZone at WrestleZone.com. I did that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't hear you do it. Um, check us out tomorrow. We're going to be live with WCW yes. written for Super Brawl Eight, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, we're 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 doing it. We're doing all this stuff. What uh, what's the main event matches that they can look forward to at Super Brawl Eight tomorrow? Well, you got you've got Randy Savage taking on Sting for the WCW title, which is something I feel like we saw a lot, but I don't know how often we got to see it with the NWO Macho Man versus Sting. I don't know that we did get to see it at all. So uh, this is hey, new flavor. Uh, let's give that a shot. We've also got Scott Hall taking on Larry Zabisco. Both both Scott Hall and Zabisco have mystery guests joining them at the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Nash is taking on uh, Lord Stephen Regal. He's not Lord Stephen Regal anymore, though. He's joined Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes, Larry Zabisco, Dean Malenko, and Tully Blanchard. Um, and now he's just he's Shooter Stephen Regal. Shooter Steve Regal. Yeah, he's he's gonna outwork Kevin Nash. Um, to the best of his ability. So we got we got the the big man, the big strong guy versus the shooter who's going to come out on top. Mm. Um, so some interesting stuff uh, going on there, Dom. There's plenty plenty of meat on the bone. So please come on over, check it out. We love hearing people's opinions on it. Um, hey, Dax today. Dax Harwood was requesting today. Imagine, hey, I'd love to see Bret Hart take on Eddie Guerrero. Like, and it's happening. It's uh, happening on rewritten. Eddie Guerrero's group, uh, which is called Los Latinos, is taking on uh, my version of the Hart Foundation, which uh, which is Bret Hart, the Bulldog, and Jim Neidhart, and I'm calling it the Hart Dungeon in WCW. So uh, yeah, we're gonna get to see it. Are Eddie Guerrero and Bret Hart gonna get to touch in this in this six man tag match? I don't know. Gotta tune in. Gotta tune gotta, in. Gotta tune in and find out. That's it. Cool. Wow, what a show! Long one we had today, but. Yeah, yeah, we got to sign off, Dominic. Uh, Dom, you have a lovely evening. All of you, uh, thank you for joining us. You guys have a lovely evening as well. Uh, we do appreciate all your comments and, and taking your time to, to join us. Um, and Very much appreciated, yeah. And please do join us next week right here on two Dynamite you Dudes. Who? Two of them. Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Everybody says you're so messed up.